I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Drum roll. One <laughs> <laughs> of them. Uh, Mine's better. Uh, it's, this one. Welcome back to the Playing Footsie podcast. You've got me, you've got Briscoe, you've got Steve W, Steve D here this week. Uh, all to talk about the week in stocks and uh, a little bit of finance stuff as well this week. So we've got loads of things as usual in common to keep you going over the next hour. Uh, everyone's talking about Evergrande, so I guess we're going to talk about them. Rising energy prices and Steve W has got the game. But first, we need to do the introduction. Steve W and Steve D, tell me something funny that's happened to you in the last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I smashed my finger with a hammer earlier. That'll be funny for everybody else. Um, <laughs> well done, yeah. <laughs> is that funny enough, Steve? What's funny that's happened to you? Oh, I set the bar high there. Hold on a moment. Let me just um, preface this with a... Uh... <laughs> So I was uh, earlier making my dinner from... Go on. I'm going to stop you there because that's a private joke that we've just done before. None of you will get it. I don't care. It's staying in. Carry on. (laughs) So I was making my dinner earlier, which uh, came from Gusto. It's very nice. 30% off of the link. Oh, my God. But here's the thing that happened. I'm done. See ya. All right, fine. You and me, Steve. Here's the thing that happened. I was making this really, really nice uh, Marmite and Peanut Butter Pork Udon. Uh, it's better than it sounds, I promise you. Uh, and I was reading sounds the instructions. Delicious. Yeah, it's really good actually, but the instructions are a little bit complicated. So it says once the pork is caramelised, add the udon noodles and spinach to the pan with a tablespoon, uh, tablespoon of water and cook covered for two minutes until the spinach has started to wilt and separate the noodles gently with a fork. Um, mm. I-, I got confused by this. I was trying to work out how I'm supposed to separate noodles with a fork in a pan that's got a lid on it. Right. Ah, well, there we go. Wish I was listening That's to that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, who's the link in the description? <laughs> right. Well, how you been in stock? You're welcome. Because uh, personally, mine's gone quite well. I'm kind of edging back up to where I lost about a grand or so in the last week. Uh, have you been going all right, or is it is it kind of flat for you guys? Yeah, it's been all right. Um, I, I had a really dodgy start, um, as you would imagine, when the Evergrande stuff kicked off. Um, growth got hit the hardest, as it tends to, because it's it's the most exuberantly priced. Uh, so I lost about four percent, but I've clawed all that back and more, and I'm just just creeping back up to all time highs, which is uh, which is nice to see. Um, I have uh, I, I've actually uh, cleared out a stock and swapped for another one, but I'm going to actually save that for later on um, because I don't think these guys know about it either. But um, it might be an interesting topic to jump onto. So, Steve, how about your week? Oh, I do love some suspense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, have had a reasonable week, apparently, by most standards here. I'm roughly back where I started, to be honest, having had a decent-sized dip in the middle of it for obvious reasons, like nearly everybody else. But today was quite a nice day for all of us, I think, because we got our legal and general dividends, one of the companies that all three of us own. Woo! Uh, 
I've already spent all of mine, um, which was about sort of 15 quid's worth of stuff, on a combination of uh, Berkshire Hathaway, the Boston Beer Company, and Bristol Myers Squibb. I was kind of interested in what you guys were doing with yours, actually. Uh, nothing at the moment. I'm just sitting on mine. I've got a bit of cash at the moment, but I'm 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 still building out a position uh, in my new stock, which we will talk about later. And um, yeah, what about you, Paul? Have you spent uh, have you, you spent your dividend? So because I'm properly lazy, I haven't really looked at my portfolio that much, and uh, I've got an auto invest on, and it starts every time my dividends go over fifty quid. And uh, it went in. I had a quick. I went, oh, quick save it. And I had a quick look at what it gone into. It's gone into stuff like J.P. Morgan and Microsoft and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh no, the most overvalued stocks on the market. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's um, it's gone in automatically on AutoVest. Uh, I don't know what it's gone in. Went into about ten different companies, all at about two pounds seventy five each. So who knows what it's gone into. I just let it do its thing. I'm not that bothered, if I'm honest. Um, I think I only got about 30-odd quid from Legal in General because this is the little dividend. They have a big one and a little one each year, don't they? So, um, yeah, this is the one that's less excited. And we didn't see a lot of excitement on the Discord about it either, really. We had we had a bit, but it wasn't like last the last dividend payment. Anyway, let's carry on. Uh, it's Steve W's game today. What are we playing, Steve? I haven't. We, you've kept this one quiet. No, I've not kept this one quiet at all. Anyway, question one, Paul. Not? Tell us something that's hap- funny okay. that's happened in your week. Uh, in my week, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> really, <laughs> is that a joke again? <laughs> really. Um, Nothing, I don't think. Nothing. Um, I've just got a really sad life where I uh, work all the time and come home and try to sleep. And the, and then the kid kicked me in the balls today. Does that does that count as funny? That's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, we'll send the video with Paul and we'll put it in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If not, get him to recreate it. all right uh let's have a look at the game then what's the game okay fine game time Uh, yeah so uh, as paul kind of alluded to we generally have a policy of never telling each other what the game's going to be before we announce it on the on the show uh as we're recording so when steve tells us that we're uh playing games about 13 f's or something paul and i have had no chance to research that uh, especially we might know things about it from general research but we never tell each other what's coming up beforehand with the exception of this week um, when I promised live on the show last week that we would be playing a game of uh, Apple, Google, or Amazon. Um, so here we go uh, with a game called <laughs> Apple, Google, or Amazon. And Paul's not researched anything to do with any of these companies all week. Um, oh, so all no. we had to do was try and guess which random facts and stats and stuff I was going to try and look up um, and, then, and then write them all down and, and just memorize them all uh, and just recite them all here and you'll win nice and easy. Uh, yep, Lovely. the usual. Ten questions, there's a tiebreaker, they're all multiple choice, so on, so forth. Uh, Paul, oh. do you want to go first? Pick a number for me. Number one, please. Number one, uh, you have selected Morningstar Valuations. Um, so Morningstar, okay. which is uh, a website that we all use, I think some of us more, some of us less, and so on, but they have fair value estimates for certainly the uh, stocks that they have kind of analyst coverage on. Some of them are covered by algorithms, but all of these three are covered by analysts, fairly obviously. Um, so Paul, for a, a point to start you off here, just tell me which one of these is, according to Morningstar, trading at the lowest percentage of its fair value. Ooh, um, okay. I'm going to go with Alphabet. Alphabet's got to be the one. Uh, Steve, I'm looking ha- surprised by this. 
I'm offering absolutely nothing to say. Uh, no colour on that whatsoever. Alphabet. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking it's 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 the only one I. No, I think you're probably right. I, it's, yeah, I think you're probably right. It's not. Okay. Oh, Amazon then. It's got to be Amazon then. Amazon. It, it is. Sorry, did the sound effects not work this week? <laughs> oh yes. Um... <laughs> Thank you kindly. Uh, yes, it is Amazon. Um, Google, they've got uh, or Alphabet. Sorry, and I should have said in all these cases where it matters, and it doesn't really in this case. Uh, I'm using the Alphabet Class A shares for what those words. So ticker symbol G O G L. Um, Alphabet would have been the middle one out of them anyway uh, for the time being, but Apple is, according to Morningstar, about 18% overpriced. Alphabet about 10% under, and Amazon about 20% under. So, okay, uh, no score on number one for Paul. Uh, Steve, pick us another number. Seven! I thought you'd pick seven somehow. Okay, seven. Steve. Nice, easy question then. Uh, which out of App, Amazon, Apple, or Google, uh, Alphabet, that is, has the fewest number of employees? Oh, this is uh, Finviz, by the way. Right, so Amazon has about eighty-five billion. So it's between <laughs> Apple and Google. Apple and Google. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Actually, most people at Amazon do work seven jobs, all of which are for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Google. I'm going Google Alphabet. Uh, with the fewest number of employees, you are correct, Steve. Yeah, good. Yeah, well done. Yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's actually very, very close. I mean, you're right in thinking it's not Amazon. Uh, and the reason I went for fewest is because it's not close at the top. Um, yeah. Amazon has the most by a long, long way. Um, uh, Apple, uh, sorry, Apple just slightly more than Alphabet. Um, 147,000 yeah. at Apple, 144,000 at Google. Um, a lot of people. Yeah, Apple outsources it to crying Chinese children, doesn't it? So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> Paul, pick a number. <laughs> number two. Suppose with Evergrande, they'll be homeless crying. Oh, Chinese children. <laughs> number two, please. Number two. Number two. Oh, good. There's a bonus point available on this question, actually. It's available to Ooh. both of you in a moment. Okay. Um, since you mentioned Evergrande, uh, I thought I'd point out something about debt uh, in this um particular game it seems to be a sort of timely feature of things uh, paul which of these according to smp is so standard and paul's the ratings agency um has the lowest credit rating mm, very interesting one i thought you were going to give me the one which was uh which one has the lowest debt but ah, oh, you bastard uh, um, i thought that was oh, too easy uh, worst worst credit rating okay so mm. uh you're looking for the I one imagine they all what, had a decent credit rating basically with the highest cash flow and earnings oh it's see everything about me wants it's everything about this wants wants me to say google but apple probably has something that i that i'm not really thinking about but i'm gonna say alphabet anyway Go just checking it. you heard me right here i said lowest credit rating yeah the lowest credit rating oh amazon <laughs> You are correct, Paul Briscoe, <laughs> with a large in the right direction. <laughs> um, yeah, Amazon has a double A credit rating, which is still very good, actually. Um, yeah. Apple and Google both have double A plus ratings at S&P. Bonus round uh, time. Um, 
on the subject of credit ratings for the moment, there are two companies uh, in the S&P 500, and I think probably anywhere in the world, that have AAA credit ratings, which is better than most countries, basically. So their bonds are, in the judgment of S&P, uh, less likely to default um, than like the US, basically, or the UK government. Uh, Paul, for a bonus point, um, name either one of them. What companies that have a AAA rating? Mm. Uh, J&J. J&J is correct. Steve, for a bonus point, name the other one. Well, I also had J&J, so I'm absolutely <laughs> polished. <laughs> um, so who else is there? There's only two. Ah, there's only two. I believe there's only two, ratings. yeah. Yeah, nice. Keep mm. filling the gap, Paul. Keep filling that gap. I've, <laughs> I've, got, one, I've got one guess. I've got one guess. But Okay, I'll come back it, to you, but you've already had your bonus point. Because you got the question yeah, right, right, you get to go first. Um, <laughs> if you got it wrong, well, I'll let Steve I, go I, first. I I can't even think. Go on, Paul. Who have you got? Who's your other one? Uh, well, my my first guess for it would be Facebook, but oh. um, it's going to be something that we don't know. It's going to be something like United Health or something silly like that. Okay, yeah, could be. Uh, all of that is wrong. It's one you own, Paul. No. Oh right, okay. Oh bloody hell, Steve! I don't think Visa? you own it. If that helps. Visa? Nope. Ah, <laughs> uh, enough no of idea. this stalling. Uh, it's Microsoft. Yeah, go on. Oh right, oh, fair enough. Yeah, of course yeah, it is. Daft. Uh, but that actually yeah. puts Paul into the lead and dramatically reduces the chance of a tie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, score is now 2-1 to Paul, having skewered himself a bonus point. And that was my favourite question, and I just wanted to use that particular... Uh, it's very good, because both of, them I, both of them are my own, so I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you still own Jay, Jay, but yeah. Yeah, I do. Steve? I do. Ten. Oh, fine, ten's on a different page. You have, suggest you have selected the ESG round. Um, mm -hmm. So I went on a website called Refinitiv, uh, uh, which attempts to rank uh, companies according to their ESG score. There's a sort of fairly complicated metric that they use in this, which isn't entirely uh, transparent to me. It might be one that we look into on some future shows, perhaps on an ESG thing. But um, just tell me then, Steve, which of these has the lowest ESG score out of Apple, Alphabet and Amazon? Oh, oh <laughs> Who does the most crimes against humanity? <laughs> it's actually so quite hard. hard. Yeah, I was it's just thinking. Yeah, um, Amazon is quite a domestic crime against humanity kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Apple just doesn't like Asia. So, I, no, I, I think I'm going to go with Amazon. I think Amazon's got to be the worst out of them. No, I'd be so surprised well. if it's Google. Yeah. Uh, prepare to be surprised then. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. Wow. Mm, it's not Amazon. I had it nailed on to be Amazon, by the way. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, according to Refinitiv, and I didn't do a deep dive into this at all, Amazon's actually the highest out of these three. Uh, so they're out of 100 wow. in these cases. And Amazon comes out at 86, Apple at 73, and Alphabet at 69. And I couldn't work out why Alphabet comes out at 69. But when I dug into it, uh, a little bit anyway, and saw the breakdown here, there's a very low number in one of their things which ruins their overall average, basically. So Refinitiv breaks down governance, the, the G part of ESG, into three categories. Uh, they have management, shareholders, and CSR strategy. And I don't really know what any of those how any of those things are kind of assessed. But their score for shareholders is three. Um, and that's out of 100. Uh, and I don't know quite what Refinitive are using there, but that's something that I've I've pinned in my head to kind of come back to on that one because that is the reason. Apart from that, Alphabet's higher on yeah. most things. Is that founder yeah. shares? Maybe could be founder shares. I suppose. Do the other two not have founder shares? Mm, not sure. Hmm. 
As it, as in they've sort I, of. I wonder if Refinity is owned by Amazon. <laughs> it might be. It, it, it might be. It might be something that they've structured it. So it could be to do with voting. It could be to do with. That's what um, I'm thinking. Yeah. It could be to do with uh, debt, de- um, not debt, default structuring as well. So maybe something like Amazon is a bit more structuring towards its shareholders if it goes into default, and um, Google will just take all the money. Or all the all the uh, preferred shareholders will just take all the money on default. Could be something like that, I suppose. But yeah, that's surprising because when you think of it, you just go, "Well, Amazon does makes people piss into a bottle while it's uh, while, while they're driving and stuff." So surely Probably that's pretty didn't read detrimental. Read that in the too. business pun, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the prime, uh, pissing a bottle on your service, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're just making making people their their worker their workers' rights aren't very good. They're non unionized. There's there's a lot of lot of issues there. But but you just think about that from the humanity point of view. And uh, I was thinking diesel as well. I, I was thinking it must cost a lot of diesel to deliver all them packages. So yeah, maybe, yeah, that that I was, I was totally surprised by that one. Surprised me Carry as well. On. I thought good. I thought Apple might do. I well, I was surprised by Apple, but I uh, I think I probably know the least about them and what they get up to in ESG terms. So yeah, and and Apple aren't technically um, putting up the suicide nets, are they? It's Foxconn and all that. They're the ones that are putting up the the suicide nets. It's not Apple, is it? It's just <laughs> their it's, it's their subsidiaries. Um, so I'd love to see Boohoo's. Somebody uh... call the lawyers ahead of time. <laughs> It's all right. I'm not editing this. <laughs> Neither am I. Right. Uh, number nine. <laughs> number nine. Oh, good. You've picked something less controversial. Uh, okay, Paul. Um, just tell me which one has the most in terms of share price appreciation over the last 12 months. Um, so this is not total return. This is just share price appreciation. Obviously, Apple oh, pays a dividend. The other two them. don't. So discount that from your thinking. Oh, very, very, very tough that one is because... It's that little. It's that little slither that was just at the start of the twelve months, which Apple would have. If that's included, Apple's taken this. But if it's not, Google's taken it. And it's well, if very it was simple. within the last twelve months, it is included. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm not got a magic. I want Steve to have a little way. Sherlock Holmes hat for when he's got his marmy Paul put down. God. So right. Um, okay. No, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Google. Google, it's got to be Google. Got to be Google, says Paul. Uh, well, Paul is Apple, correct. Apple's yeah, Apple's share price was most of its share price appreciation has been through the the March and May of last year, wasn't it? So, it, yeah, there you go. That was my thinking. Thank you. It felt like a lot of it <laughs> happened around that stock split last year, to be honest. Yeah, um, that's true. But I can't remember when that was. Uh, yeah, Apple with about 36% uh, appreciation. Alphabet's roughly doubled. Uh, and Amazon, as Steve points out, is up about 12%. That's quite a long way in the distance. Very, very nice. Yep, collecting no dividend at all. That's all Amazon shareholders like me have managed to attract. Sad times. <laughs> Number three. Number three. Uh, oh, connected to your thing about share structuring, actually, then, Steve. Um, which of these has the highest uh, insider ownership? by percentage of shares. Uh, this is again from Finviz. Mm. Here, so I probably... Oh, could it be... 
Could this just be the founder-led question? Could this just be a Bezos thing? He's still there. <laughs> he doesn't own <laughs> all of it. <laughs> he owns quite oh, a I lot some of it. it. And, his, and his wife is trying to sell a lot of it. Or his ex-wife. That's a good that's a good point. But I don't think the Google guys they're not as it they're, they're not as involved anymore. So that I'm sort of discounting no. them in my head and I'm just thinking I bet you Apple's pretty small as well. So I'm good now I'm gonna go Amazon. I think Amazon is the is the answer there. Sort of Paul trying to talk yeah, you away from likely. Amazon there. Uh, you are correct, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> it's also not very close just either. Putting the doubt in. Just putting the doubt in. <laughs> Yeah, Apple is, not no, it's not founder-led, are they? So, yeah, no. it's the founders, isn't it? <laughs> Apple is 0.07% owned by insiders. Uh, Alphabet Class A again, 0.15%, uh, and Amazon about 10%. So, very, uh, very good. That's a good question. I like that. That's good. What you got then, Paul? Uh, no, I have no idea. Number four. Four, <laughs> four is available. Well done. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you chose this one, Paul, mainly because I'm glad that Steve didn't choose it. He might remember this from last week. Uh, last week, Steve was raiding through uh, 13Fs and looking at what people have been buying and probably also looking a bit about what they've been holding too. So uh, David Tepper of Appaloosa Management, uh, he owns two of these. Um, which one does he not own? Oh, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. I'm guessing most people... I'm going to say, well, what type of stepper? Uh, he's just anything as well. He's really broad. Uh, I'm going to go with Amazon. He doesn't own. I think it's Apple. I think. You're correct, Steve. Yeah. Hey, there you go, Paul. Here's yours. <laughs> uh, well done for finding the right sound effect, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he doesn't own Apple. Steve, you like, sounded like you knew that. Yes, I did come across that, but it was just one of those boring questions where you think, oh, it's got the same three things in it. So. <laughs> I'm with Paul. I didn't know this, and I was I would have struggled really to work out which of those it was. Um, it no, feels to me like everyone no knows all of these things, especially if they're major, kind of, um, mm. have huge amounts of assets under management. But, um, yeah, no Apple for David Tepper. I was tempted by which one is Warren Buffett owned, but... Nah. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> I think he has two of them, actually. Is he? Eight. Yeah. Oh, pity I could have had that question then. He owns Amazon. Um, eight. How's he? Okay. Um, well, I kind of think this one's easy, but let's see how we go. Um, you've selected the Trading 212 Hot List round, Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we like the Trading 212 Hot List on this show. It tells us um, how many uh, Trading 212 users own any particular stock. Um, Steve, which one of these features lowest on the Trading 212 Hot List? Um, Apple, Amazon, or Alphabet? Reminder, it's Alphabet Class A. Mm. I think that's hard, actually, now. I <laughs> yeah, think I think that's quite hard. Result. And I think Steve would say, reminder, it's Alphabet Class A to make me go that way. Because <laughs> he's <laughs> that level of evil. <laughs> um, so in my head, I'm thinking this one might be a battle of the highest share price, because I think the, there's quite a lot of retail who look at the share price and think, that's overvalued, and they look at something cheap and think that's undervalued. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to probably foolishly head down the road of Amazon being the lowest on the list. You are wrong. 
Oh, I kind of liked your idea about the kind of retail thing, but I didn't like it because of the share price thing. I thought a lot of retail guys kind of don't like owning fractional shares because they sort of look ugly in your portfolio a bit. Yeah. You're probably going to own like <laughs> point something, right? Because uh, it's, it's quite a long way to buying a full share of Amazon or um, Alphabet. It is Alphabet, uh, Class A. Um, so I sat quietly while you were accusing me of misleading you here as if I'm some sort of pull. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Apple is second on the 212 hot list. Um, by the way, you know what number really? one is. No bonus point here. Yeah. Mm. Wow, I had Apple as number one. I thought Apple was going to be number one. I thought it just... No, number one is Tesla. Uh, oh, right. Oh, sorry. Uh, out of the three, I thought... I thought oh, sorry. Apple right, yeah. Um, Apple is two on yeah, the entire yeah, list for the moment. Amazon is four yeah, on that, the entire that list. Sense. Alphabet Class A is 15 mm. on the list, which puts it below uh, Rolls-Royce, BP... And uh, playing FTSE favourite stock, EasyJet, uh, all of which are higher than Alphabet. Oh, sort yourself out, oh, people. Sort yourself out, please. Uh, score, score is 3-2, I think. Um, to who? Uh, no, not you. Uh, uh, Paul got a bonus no, point. Me, I got, uh, I got the bonus point, didn't I? Yeah, uh, number six? Number six, oh, is that three? Paul's got some counting skills here. Yes, Paul. Okay, Paul. Uh, <laughs> it's another Finviz uh, question, but um, which of these three has had the lowest sales growth over the last five years, according to Finviz, Ooh. anyway? Very interesting. Very, very interesting mm. one. Um, <laughs> Google's growing at about 30-something percent. Um Amazon. That's annoying. This is annoying. Uh, oh, Steve, try and talk about whatever one you think the right answer is. I don't this... know. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping you... quiet for a reason. <laughs> Please, can you tell me which one I shouldn't do? Because <laughs> these, these have all got to be quite I... close, right? That's what I'm Out guessing. Adversary, I wouldn't pick Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to go with. Google. I'm going to go with Google. I feel like you were guessing at this, Paul. Um, yeah, I think they're close. I think they're all really I, close. Just reminding myself here, um, and if you're guessing, it probably doesn't really matter very much, but you're aware you're choosing lowest, yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay, good. Fine. Um, uh, you are wrong. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, lowest sales growth over the last five years is apparently Apple. Um, by quite yeah, some margin, it's growing at about three and a bit percent. Alphabet at about twenty percent, and Amazon at about thirty percent. No, it's sales growth here, not EPS growth. So Amazon and, and to an extent Google not pushing things through to the bottom line doesn't um, uh, weigh into this particular thing. So I had a look at EPS growth, and Apple's is of course getting punched along by their big buyback program, uh, which means that their EPS growth is comfortably outrunning their sales growth because they're just buying back shares a lot, which means that the same, well, not the same, but slightly more by way of sales, is now getting split out between uh, fewer by way of uh, shares outstanding. Um, so that was the inter reason for having it in terms of sales. Okay, Steve, um, you can draw this, which will be annoying for me, uh, because the tiebreaker's not easy to actually do. Uh, if you could kindly get this wrong, what number is it, Steve? Five. You are correct about that bit, but... Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, all right, Steve, try this. Uh, according to Inside Arbitrage, another uh, website that I like looking at quite a bit. I spend a lot of time on this website, I can tell you I've heard of it before. <laughs> um, 
Which of these three had the most recent reported insider buying? Ooh. No, this Ooh. does not include buybacks. Uh, it's individuals oh. buying. So I don't actually think anyone at Apple actually buys their shares, so I'm going to discount <laughs> that one. Um, but Google or Amazon... Does it include pension buy-in as well? Yeah, does it include... Uh, no. Oh, no. Jesus. So it's executive mm. buying, yeah. Exec mm. buy Well, per Google. That's all I've got. Probably is. Oh, the good news is we don't have to do the tiebreaker, because that's not right. Hey. <laughs> um, hey. uh, your starting thought was correct there, Steve. Uh, no one at Apple is buying their shares. Uh, I think mm. they just all get them through options and basically executing them as part of option bonuses and so on. And then mm. when they get them, they sell them again immediately. Uh, I I kind of thought the same might be true of Alphabet and Amazon. And to be honest, there isn't much inside buying on any of these. Um, but most recent bit of insider buying that was actually flagged as a, an outright buy um, on Apple was on July the 24th um, of 2015. Uh, it was the last time any insiders went buying stuff. Wow. Uh, I had to go scrolling wow. for quite a while to find that. Uh, Alphabet, wow. February 2nd, 2017. And Amazon, October 5, 2020. So about a year ago or so. Um, I can imagine if you're an insider, like an early insider on Apple, Amazon, or Google, uh, you probably anchored quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're worried. You're going, why would I possibly buy this when it's just a cash-generating machine for me? So there's no real hmm. reason to buy the shares. And it, it's a good example, actually, of you know a company where you shouldn't really judge it by by its buying the shares. The, the share buying, the insider buying thing, is probably more for a company that you know, is on its way down in share price, as it were. And, and it's that's when it's a good sign that um, uh, it's a, that the company might be a good buy. They want a deep discount, don't they? That's the idea. If a yeah. CEO is going to put $20 million into a company, he wants a really, really deep discount. But I'm going to offer you congratulations, Paul, for a couple of reasons. Uh, for one, for obviously winning. Two, for obviously remembering the numbers. And three, for remembering <laughs> the, the three companies in the game all the way through. <laughs> it's a... It's a... It's a triple win. It's a triple win for me today. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, you got a point for each of those. <laughs> yeah, my, my dementia is obviously getting a little bit better. Or I'm just paying more attention. Or uh, I'm not as tired today. But I can assure you I'm twice as tired today. So um, I don't know how I pulled that up. Right, let's move on to the next bit of the show. Because it is a show. Um, it's a uh, some sort of... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, right, rising <laughs> energy prices. Rising energy prices. Um, this week, we've had a few energy companies. I think I counted four, but there's probably a lot more. Two more today. Have, two more today have gone bust mm -hmm. um, uh, based on uh, rising gas prices. So someone take me through this because I know very little about it. I've obviously got an opinion on it and uh, I can skew something together here but you guys tell me what's going on and what it means for the world and the uk in general so it's definitely um problematic basically the wholesale gas price has risen by about 250 percent. so anybody who operates on anything kind of low margin that relies on is quite energy intensive business is now starting to struggle because some of their input costs have pretty much you know 2.5 times so it's been a real problem for um, a lot of small suppliers who tried to operate on thinner margins um, 
to try and get through, you know, get customers on board. And then obviously over time you can raise the price and raise the margins as the cap, energy cap moves. So, which is another thing that's worth talking about. So in the UK, we're covered by an energy cap. So prices can only rise or move by so much. So the problem being is when the wholesale gas price rises by 250%, the cap isn't allowed to move as much as that. So for a period of time that they're buying gas, they're buying at a massively inflated price, which they can't actually pass on to the customer. So all your little firms, your, you know, your, your Avros, your green energies, your people's energies, they don't have the kind of cash reserves to weather that storm that your British gas and your Eons and your they have and what that basically means is, is that they cannot operate they, they cannot continue to operate in that climate um so they have to go into administration which is fine you know the system is there to protect the consumer off gen will just grandfather you with your credits onto a new service um and that's just the sad fact of life and i think we're all on bulb i think uh, off the top of my head bulb hasn't gone bust yet but they are on the list um, they're looking desperately to raise some capital, um, but I don't know. Have you got anything generally on the on on the rising age prices either year two or? So one thing I was reading was that the UK relies a lot on both kind of wind and natural gas more than the EU does. Uh, so about a quarter of our energy comes from wind and uh, about a third of it from natural gas, which puts us quite heavily reliant on um, things like natural gas. And it's added to that, there's stuff like coal and nuclear, which are a kind of backup kind of emergency options here, but coal plants have been getting closed down. Nuclear hasn't been making up the shortfall either. And that's that plus leaving the EU is putting further pressure on this kind of thing. So if we were in the EU and this was happening, uh, things are just, there's basically a sharing agreement that's decided by an algorithm. Um, if you're not in the EU, it's basically an auction um, and you have to go and ask for gas to like power things and so on and you have to kind of take auction based prices and so on which is uh, adding to the kind of pressure that things are under i have heard government say and i kind of take them at their word on this for what it's worth that they are not uh, going to raise the cap so government has an option two options here basically and neither of them looks very attractive they can either um lift the cap which exposes consumers to higher natural gas prices which will be hugely unpopular with everyone seeing their energy bills going up or, well, I suppose three options. They can let the companies go bust um, and not uh, not bail them out or anything like that. Or they can go for what they're trying to do, which is, I think, offering them lo uh, bigger companies loans to try and absorb the customers from the smaller ones. Um, in any event, none of this looks super attractive right now for UK gas and electricity. Hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that got me, and I haven't really done a lot of looking into this, but... A lot of these are green energy companies which are now going bust, which claim, have always claimed to derive their energy from 100% renewable sources. So how, I, I, I already know the answer to this, obviously, but I don't know if uh, everybody in the world does know this when they see the advertisement on 100% renewable energy. How the hell can they be affected by natural gas uh, prices when their energy is 100% renewable? It's because there's no such thing, is there? <laughs> That's the idea, is that essentially everything comes from the same gas pipeline, everything comes from the same electricity pipeline, and all these companies do is offset what you use hmm. um, using a standard carbon offsetting program. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of like, you know, it's like mattress marketing, isn't it? It's that everybody actually is selling the same product. It's just people like to dress it up a little bit differently. But um, it, it's, it's a strange thing, really, because I think, 
a lot of people were really pissed off with the big four energy suppliers. Um, and it was nice to see other companies coming in. And I don't know whether you guys noticed it, but there's quite a bit more technology coming into the market. And Bulb were doing some really interesting things with... Um, <clears throat> But they were just trying things. Essentially, they were doing some interesting things with your tariffs, so you could charge your cars overnight and get lower rates. You could see how much your car was. There was you could separate out all your energy bill in the app and see how bits and what bits bits and pieces were charging. Companies like Igloo, which I used to own shares in, and I sold before they went bust because I am a timing genius. <laughs> um, um, they were giving you um, interest on your balance on your credit balance, which is interesting for people. So they were. Uh, they were basically trying to do almost like the insurance um, way of holding the, uh, essentially holding the deposit, which is the premium, and trying to invest that premium to to, to generate a return. That was quite an interesting idea. Um, they've they've now unfortunately gone to the wall completely. Um, and really, there's only one way out of this: is that we've got to beg Russia to send us some gas, which is always a little bit embarrassing. Um, but the other sort of like area that we need to sort of like concentrate on is that there is a major power cable from france that's broken at the moment and when that comes back online we should see uh, a, a slowing increase at least or at least a reduction in, in gas prices over time but i don't think it's anything to worry about particularly in terms of us as, uh, as people i don't think we're, we're going to see the effects of this well not too much anyway um but the problem is is just about uk uk stocks really is the reason i wanted to talk about it myself is that you know, there are, there are a few stocks, especially anybody in the CO2 industry, um, we're days away from running out of CO2, which is bad for food, production food storage. It's bad for your fizzy drinks and what have you. Um, so, yeah, it's a really bad for your balloons when you want to blow up your balloons for a children's <laughs> party. Um, you know, I'm not sure I know have too been, many stocks in the whole of Have you been reading those uh, Sun articles again? I bet, yes. I, bet I, can, I can imagine that's a Sun article that you've got. In, well, that, got I've, the headline at this title is, No Balloons for Your Children. That's, gonna, <laughs> that's the podcast title. Um, no, I just I didn't know if there was anything. Is there any companies in that that you think are particularly in trouble? I, I've seen a lot of companies are just saying, bollocks to it, we'll just shut down while this is going on. I've seen a lot, especially the CO2 supplies, which the government are now trying to say, look, we'll, we'll subsidise a different stat making CO2, please make CO2. Are you but talking about air, companies product, that you air products and things like that? Are you? I don't think air products is going to be necessarily a problem. They, they're more US-based than mm. anything. Like the UK yeah. is such a small, they could probably subsidise it themselves. But I, I just had a, I had a big air products area near me. I've, I've heard it go bang before as well, which is <laughs> quite scary. Um, but... Um, uh, when, I'm glad you mentioned Russia in that because somebody actually commented on one of my videos the other day saying, Gazprom to the moon. And I didn't really work out what they were saying. Um, I actually replied saying, oh, Sven covered that over a year ago and now he thinks it's overvalued. <laughs> and I've never really looked at it. But do, do we think that something like Gazprom is now going to... I mean, I haven't seen the price of Gazprom. It'd be interesting to look it up. But those guys have got to be making some money out of this, right? So one thing I was reading is that the natural gas shortage extends obviously further than the UK. I mean, it's partly the product of a cold winter uh, generally, and that's increased consumption, which has kind of driven down um, natural gas supplies. Um, one thing I was reading is that Russia are attempting, uh, Gazprom being Russia's state-owned uh, gas company, uh, attempting to get a new pipeline to Germany, I think. Uh, and they're, I think, trying to use this as leverage in that kind of part of a negotiation. So it might be a good thing for Gazprom if this could run on a little bit and people could look a little bit desperate for some Russian gas. And I didn't want to go... Uh, too, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that was another one I was looking at. But I didn't want to go too far into sort of conspiracy mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe trying to say that the, this, these are orchestrated. But there's it's well known that the UK are trying to switch from natural gas to something more of a hydrogen-based thing. Uh, do we see this as a story or a, a narrative that could go forward to the future and maybe start talking about, you know, the boilers changing to hydrogen boilers or hydrogen fuel cells? What was the company that did the hydrogen fuel cells? It's Ceres. That, Ceres the, the Power, fuels? yeah. Yeah, Ceres Power. They they looked really cool. Uh, I really liked the idea of their product. I, I just don't have an understanding of how they're going to bring that to market. So uh, I haven't gone anywhere near them yet, but they looked it, interesting. It, they are interesting because they're working with Wush to Bosch as well, which is the exactly the right company to work with if you want to make a hydrogen fuel cell that's going to go in a boiler. So mm. uh, they're mm. an interesting company. There's another couple in the UK, um, but they're probably the next most notable is ITM Energy. They're in yeah. they're in Yorkshire, so obviously they're mm. going to be a great company just based on that alone. Um, but they're more <laughs> into, I think they're more into the elect, um, electrolyzers, and they're they're actually producing hydrogen. They're doing quite yeah, a lot they're of a hydrogen tests production. And, they're, they're so, actually yeah, they're feeding um, hydrogen into the mix in a few places already, aren't they? So they're, they're already yeah, ITM, ITM are more like the ASML of the. We have to bring, bring in ASML, but they're more of the ASML of the hydrogen world. So eventually, talk to me. Uh, yeah, well, the, well, this is a good angle for you, right? This is a good angle hmm. where you could be thinking that these produce the produce the these produce the production and they've got a lot of ip on these on these productions but then over in uh, the us you've got f cell and in uh, sorry in norway's f cell and then over in the us it's the other one can't remember what they're called at the moment uh, but these companies which are developing electrolyzers to uh, uh, produce energy so they they are selling the tools to create the tool so uh, there might be a play there, but we're talking long, long term right now, and um, so speculative, so so speculative. So, fun, fun fact: I built a, a, a twenty-five small cap portfolio in my invest account, and I'm not interested in hydrogen really. Not, not to. I'm not bullish like a lot of people are, but I did add Sarah's power to it because of the sort of the Bosch connection um mm. and i just thought it might be an interesting play. i'm looking to hold it for like 10 years so so it's quite a <laughs> it's quite a speculative pie um it's it sort of done what i basically i built out like a couple of 20 pound positions in a load of stuff and figured right now i'll add my money into it and then one day two stocks ran up 50 percent, and i was like oh um <laughs> right i guess that's what small caps do isn't it but you know you, you just mm. you just you just don't expect it to happen straight away <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, during last year, if you'd held ITM Power, wow, you'd have made uh, quite a bit of money, I think, last year. Yeah. Um, Okay, Uh, we've gone really, really far. I can't believe we managed to stretch out 20 minutes there on gas prices. Uh, Did not expect that. Uh, Martin Lewis, eat your heart out. So um, we're going to move on to the next bit. We've got to talk about Evergrande because I think every fucking YouTube channel out there is talking about Evergrande right now. I haven't watched anything, so I know very little about it. But I do have a familiarity with Evergrande from from uh, I was reading about it when I was uh, looking into China real estate for some reason. And it was an area I just didn't understand. Uh, So I know a little bit about it. But I do know that it was a good idea to avoid China real estate. Uh, so tell me what's going on with that. Uh, yeah, so Evergrande's an interesting beast. Um, basically, they're a, a very large construction firm. Um, they build 
pretty much everything they can get their hands on. Um, and they had a massive issue, if you look through their accounts, you could spot it from a mile away, in that their revenue was increasing year on year, but they were making absolutely zero more net income. So they were taking on more and more debt, taking on more and more projects, but not actually making very much money. So it left them in a really, really precarious problem, and, and it was just like a ticking time bomb. Um, I'm surprised um, I'm surprised Burry hasn't. I'm surprised I haven't seen short positions from Bury because it, well, in hindsight, now when you look at it, it was, it's, it's been quite horrendous, but um, Evergrande are on the verge of collapse. Uh, at one point it was said that they had nearly 1.5 trillion of debt, but that's all been revised down now. It's, it's nowhere near that amount. Uh, and that wasn't due either. They were only due to make a couple of hundred million in payments. The, the sad fact is, is that they just didn't have that money. Um, but the issue is, is that they sell a lot of real estate. They can sell it up to two to three years in front. So, you know, you could be buying an apartment on a, on a building block where the, the foundations haven't even been thought about being laid. And that's kind of how Chinese real estate works. So it, was a, it was a really big problem because there's a hell of a lot of money in Chinese real estate. It's a hell of a lot of Chinese money in real estate, and uh, this company was just going to go bust, which now doesn't look to be the case. Um, and it also kind of looks like they're going to make the two debt payments, which which everybody was you know thinking was the trigger for their collapse. And on the flip side, it looks like the CCP are just going to cut them into quarters and sell off um, bits and pieces. So because they're far too big, they're very poorly run. Um, I don't really see there's a massive fear here. There definitely was on Monday, but I don't see it anymore. Anything to add? I was looking at their kind of debt that they owe. The number I was seeing was $300 billion, which is, uh, for context, I guess, roughly the market cap of Disney or Adobe. Uh, so they owe pretty mm. much a Disney. Um, and it's always interesting, I guess, these kind of things. I'm always kind of aware that the companies that I own have debts. And the reason they owe so much in this case is because they've basically been rolling their debt forward. So they've been using more debts to service the existing debt and then picking up more debt to service that and so on. And that's something that's been going on quite a lot in companies at the moment with low interest rates, right? You see people taking on debt because it's uh, with rates at or near zero, it's kind of close to free money and so on. And I've always been kind of aware of the debt that the companies I have take on but and I've always tried to prefer companies that don't have uh, huge amounts of debt but it is interesting to see that kind of finally catching up a little bit or at least threatening to finally catch up and seeing how people react when it looks like finally catching up they're supposed to make I think 83 and a half million in payments today this is September 23rd by the way Thursday I think they have another payment due for 47 and a half next week uh, for what that's worth so it feels like it feels like there's a bit kind of coming down the tracks here on these. I hadn't heard the thing about them being uh, cut into quarters yet. This is my research has done this morning rather than this afternoon and on a rapidly developing story, I guess. I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about that. Yeah, Xi Jinping's starting to jump in. For me, uh, this has caused a couple of little fears. Um, it has made me think a lot more about debt. And obviously I hold one of the companies in the world which has the pretty much the most amount of debt in the world other than VW, uh, being AT&T. Uh, so that's got a lot uh, of debt, but it is losing its, it's kind of lump in discovery with it. So it has made me think about buying companies with a lot of debt. I have taken a little bit of risk with that company, but in general, it is a good idea to avoid companies that have a lot of debt or at least can't pay it off or don't have the liabilities to co uh, have the assets to cover it. The other thing that I've been thinking about is how apartment buildings are built and how far in advance these apartment buildings can be paid for to be built. And obviously the China Evergrande story is a, 
is a quite an extreme version of it. You you can buy your apartment building probably two or three years ahead, uh, pay for it in part, I think it was, something like that, and then Evergrande just have to find the money to build it, and then eventually you, you'll get it. And uh, I've even seen that they've tried to... Evergrande have tried to give away real estate to their to their creditors uh, as as payment rather than actual cash, which I don't mm. think has gone down very well either. But it does make yeah. you think that <laughs> we're not paying the bill. Here's a bridge. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely mad. They're going. Oh, uh, they're looking around the office. It's, it's like it's, it's like you go bridge. <laughs> Four pens, a stapler, um, yeah. this button. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I owe you a tenner and you come round to, to, to come and get it you go uh, you want this it's like this got to be worth something right <laughs> yeah um, and but but this happens in Europe as well and that's what I've been more concerned about so I've been looking at some of the apartment buildings um, uh, in Norway as well Norway I, I, you kind of think oh they, they wouldn't act in an irrational way but you could buy an apartment building in Norway right now three years in advance before it's built so some of these companies have to have a lot of capital behind them and if the, if the real estate bubble pops for whatever reason uh, they're going to run into a lot of problems here in the UK I don't think we do that as much although we probably do have our apartment buildings sort of will have the shell up at least and and the plots laid out before you can buy them um but it's it, it has made me think are companies doing something like this and is evergrande just the first in a long line of of companies like this that are going to get caught out uh i don't know you probably haven't looked into that so you can't really really add much to it but it's something that i've noticed and um yeah it's something that i'm going to think about going forward so one thing that's worth thinking about here is the thought that, okay, if you see a real estate bubble, uh, and of course we're all familiar with kind of real estate bubbles from before, right? This is where we know Michael Burry from. I mean, it feels like the Chinese government, what happened here is they offered their three, or they introduced their kind of three red line uh, policy, which basically said you had to meet certain financial metrics in order to issue debt, more or less. This happened last August. Um, and since then, Evergrande haven't been able to just pick up more debt to service their existing debt, which means that their kind of bills are coming due here in a certain way. And leave aside for the moment any sort of talk of conspiracies or China hating its uh, wealthy or whatever, anything like that. I mean, there was a lot of uh, sentiment towards the idea of real estate or anything else shouldn't really be allowed to get into bubbles um, and that kind of thing. And what the Chinese government's attempting to do here, I think, is just... Well, one way of looking at this, I guess, involves thinking of it as kind of trying to deleverage its property sector before that bubble gets too big. I mean, sometimes they kind of yeah. break of their own accord and their own momentum and so on. And sometimes they get kind of deflated uh, artificially, I guess, by a kind of external stimulus. Whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, uh, I was looking at people kind of comparing this to Lehman and the collapse of uh, that bank. Mm. And thinking this was kind of different because this is a deliberate move uh, from a, a government, uh, maybe in the best interest of the country here, right? I'm not saying it isn't by any means. Try and take some of the debt out of this property thing because the bigger bubbles get, the worse it is when they burst. And one of the things that, I'll, that I can add here is that China, uh, from whatever you think about China, I mean, at, at this point, the first thing I'll, I'll point out is that 
uh, Alibaba and things are giving them 15 billion payments uh, to social capital in China. So maybe a bit of the money that's coming from uh, coming from these big tech companies that they're, they're now coming into uh, the public that it's now becoming public sector money. And this money is now going to go towards bailing out its real real estate sector. And this is what I guess uh, communism, socialism is all about, really. And, and that's how they're trying to make it work by preempting this problem. Um, what Evergrande here have got here is kind of a reverse Michael Burry CDO situation where the problems coming from the builders taking on the debt and uh, taking on bad bonds and, and things like that, rather than people uh, taking on too much leverage to buy the uh, the aforementioned homes. So, yeah, I do like what, you, what you're saying here. And what you've got to say, what you've got to remember is that China has kind of pulled 750 million people out of poverty uh, in the last 10, 10 or so years. And this is how they've done it. They've done it by generating how, social housing like this that's, that's cheap and, and, and affordable. And I, I guess, like, say what you want about China and, and the horrible things that they might be doing to other people, but uh, they, is China a net good? And does this actually in a way kind of flip the script on the whole alibaba story about um about it being dangerous and the delisting and things like that does it flip the script there and actually maybe alibaba and things are a good play in this situation because uh, uh china is trying to make everything work and it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job about it i think they're very misunderstood and i think that's the issue isn't it is that we look at the american and the uk markets and think we understand all the other ones around us as well and i think that we can run that problem with with china and and companies like evergrande as well now i don't i don't disagree i think the, even the issue of, of nationalizing evergrande i'm not really somebody who's massively against nationalizing certain industries anyway especially when something like evergrande is going the way it is i think uh, under uh, well, even more Chinese nationalism, I think Evergrande will probably still be okay. And I think the issue China had is that a lot of Chinese people had paid for their probably their first, second, you know, first and second houses with, and if Evergrande weren't going to deliver on them, that's a that's a that's a bit of a failure. So better that they nationalise, better that they get those houses built, and then do what you want with it. But I think it's. It would have been sad to just let it go bust for the Chinese people because there's there's a hell of a lot of infrastructure out there to be built. Whether whether somebody else would have come along and took the mantle, um, they were they weren't so sure, were they? Because pretty much all the other uh, construction companies went to the wall if Evergrande goes to the wall, and I think that was probably nipping the issue in the bud, or at least uh, putting a parachute on the rocket before it hits the ground. Mm, catching these issues early is a kind of interesting idea for the uh, the Chinese government. I mean, if we think about the UK for the moment. There's a sense in which our political system disincentivizes catching problems early, right? If you can see a bubble coming and you're in government, um, the obvious thing for you to do here is just make sure it doesn't burst by the next election. Do whatever the <laughs> hell you have to do to get yourself through to the next election. And then you can say everything's fine, right? Don't let the damn thing burst on your watch here because your party will lose power and so on. Um, you may well think that's a kind of net good thing, but it does encourage a kind of short-ish term thinking of if you can see there's a massive mm -hmm. debt problem you can either blow it up which may be long-term good but you won't be around in power to see that long-term good uh, and it's the same with a bunch of issues for what it's worth i mean my partner works in kind of uh, she's a social worker so she's interested in adult social care and one thing that she points out is 
various governments just have no incentive to put anything in for the long term here because if you have something that's not going to kind of pay off for 20, 30 years or so, um, some government between now and then is going to get fed up with it and rip it up because it hasn't done anything, even though it wasn't meant to do anything. Um, in China, at least, there's at least a kind of incentive to try and keep things on the level for, for a bit longer than that, I guess. Wow. If anyone's watching uh, right now, you might have just seen the glass shattering in, in my brain because uh, you, uh, I think you've just said that socialism is much better than democracy. Uh, well, auto autocracy is much better than uh, democracy in that sense, because uh, all we get is kicking the can down the road with uh, democracy. But I guess with an autocracy, if you piss off enough people, they'll try and overthrow you. Uh, so it's best to make your your uh, bottom line uh, a little bit more uh, uh, well off uh, in an autocracy, and that therefore well, you could achieve better. a similar thing in a democracy by having a longer-term parliament. Um, it's not yeah. the voting bit that's the problem; it's the <laughs> the fact that they never get encouraged to think anywhere beyond the next five years or so. So, put this way: here's another yeah. way of thinking about this. I don't think this is going to happen in this country. Put it that way: I don't think anyone's going to yeah. boldly think, "Let's try and deleverage the property sector in the UK." Um, yeah it's quite it's quite funny really though because the the flip side of that is that nobody's going to vote for a longer term either because it would be like stealing power do you rather yeah. no we just want you to yeah. have a bit of a longer long long-term horizon um yeah but, you know and uh, and is, anyone else is going to say oh you're trying to you're trying to take it for too long any companies that you think are going to be affected like this i've got one in my head because i did a bit on rio tinto earlier ah. which for, yeah, we'll probably the, come you'll out. have to go then because you've got the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, I, I, I recorded my video for Rio Tinto earlier today, uh, based on this, um, which probably comes out yesterday. In retrospect, on uh, on this, because my videos tend to come out on a Saturday, and this comes out on a Sunday. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have always looked at how much iron ore uh, China. I've never really looked at how much iron ore China imports, and it's an incredible amount in comparison to the rest of the world. An absolute incredible amount. And obviously, the real estate sector, these these um, things might not be getting built. They probably are going to get built, which is another thing that I, which I've only really just thought about. But yeah, the Rio Tinto is the one in it. Uh, any real mining stock are, are, are being affected here. You're looking at stuff with a big exposure to China. The other one I heard mentioned, although I haven't looked into specific companies on this, was uh, European luxury goods, um, which I believe have quite high exposures to China and sales and so on. Because basically, this if this does kind of develop into a crisis, it will kick its way through down to um, what people are buying, basically. Yeah, they're essentially calling this uh, the credit crunch of China or uh, what could be the credit crunch of China. And that, to me, affected all retail, uh, pretty much any retail mm. where we get our, our clothes. So I also looked at ASOS and um, actually uh, Associated British Foods as well, although they're not really heavily being affected right now, but uh, it possibly could uh, have a knock-on effect there. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one was. Um there was there was something else, but yeah, anything that gets its gets its money from China uh, could be a problem here. And um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, I think we've covered quite a lot of ground there. I don't think we're going to go much further. We we did have 
some topics, uh, I think, which we could have talked about. But we will leave it there because we're getting up to the hour now. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you love democracy and uh, uh, or, or you love uh, autocracy, uh, feel free to, <laughs> to let us know in the comments below. We'll have a nice political discussion with you today. Um, no, we won't. I promise you. We, we try and stay as apolitical as possible uh, uh, wherever we can on here. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. Anything you want. Thank you for listening to us on the podcast. And we shall see you next week. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.